2: Welcome to another episode of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports every week with you here on the show. Joining me, as always, is the Tribune's Langston Newsome. How are you doing, Langston?
1: Absolutely fantastic. How was your holiday?
2: It was good. It was good. Uh, No turkey, no pie, but uh, had... Some chicken had a cake, had sweet potatoes, green bean
1: casserole, stuffing. It was good. How was yours? It was great. Uh, mac and cheese was on point, and mm. that's one of the most important uh parts of a Thanksgiving meal. But no, it was great and uh, nice to be uh, around some loved ones for, for
2: sure. For sure, this is the episode Langston has waited for. Um, he was shadow boxing around the room just before we started. Uh, he you know is just really has been chomping at the bit to talk about his favorite person Barry Odom uh as Missouri is actually going to be playing Arkansas this week pending in one more COVID test but it sounds like everything is good to go with both programs Missouri does play Arkansas after shutting out Vanderbilt 41 to nothing this past weekend uh let's just open the floor here it is the Barry Odom Bowl Langston
1: give us spill the tea give us what you want to say you know it's interesting I, I want to start with the Vandy game um it was great to be in the press box and be a part of history and watching sarah fuller become the first woman to um, compete in a power five football game i think that kind of got lost a little bit uh last saturday because mizzou played so well in that blowout win and you know, it was one of the few times in my career or really the first time in my career that where I could say I was like actively rooting for a team to score or to get into field goal position. I really wanted to see Fuller have an opportunity to kick a field goal or extra point in that game. But going on to next week or excuse me, this week against Arkansas, you know. Uh, Coach Drinkwitz made a, a joke earlier we, this week about the J-somethings and, you know, it being that, you know, not having that rivalry and adding a kind of a new twist to this Arkansas rivalry. But I'd be remiss to say, like, it has to be on everyone's mind. Barry Odom is coming back, an Arkansas team that is much better than I think you and I thought they would be coming into this year. And it should be a game. You know, you throughout the entire tape, Against Vanderbilt, they're just undermanned. They don't have the talent, so I'm really interested to see what this Missouri team can do against a very led, very led uh, defense from Arkansas.
2: Yeah, and it absolutely is going to be an interesting game. I think it's a tricky matchup on both sides. You see from Arkansas, Missouri just plowed through a Vanderbilt team. They should have plowed through. You can say, well, Vanderbilt's unmanned and Vanderbilt's that, but Missouri absolutely took it to them and did what you're supposed to do against a team that stinks, which they didn't do last year against Arkansas when a fourth of their roster was out with the Mumps and you know they were already terrible but you know you look into the Arkansas side of things and I think Missouri can't underestimate what this team has done Jalen Catalan is having a great year, Bumper Pool's having a great game or a great year Grant Morgan's doing well and then the offense yes Rakeem Boyd opted out but they still have you know Traylon Smith and they have Felipe Franks on that side of the ball, Felipe Franks, excuse me so this is an Arkansas team with coaches that know how to coach them and that has a little bit of momentum. You can make an argument easily this team should be I think 3 and 5 right now. You can make an argument pretty easily that they could be 5 and 3 right now because you flip the LSU game and you flip the Auburn game and there you go. And so Although Missouri is a very good team as well, this I think this is a, a trickier matchup than people might let on on both sides.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of reflecting the line. I know we're going to bring it up later and give our picks, but you know it's Missouri's favored by three points. And you know going through the spreads this week, I was I I, I really had to sit down and really think about that because our, this Arkansas team is a lot better, like you said, than than we thought they would be going into this game, and it will provide problems. And Missouri, I, I do want to give credit to the Tigers. They took care of business against the team they were supposed to beat last week, and that's something that we did see under the same Odom last year but this game if uh, you know if fans think that the tigers are just going to walk in here and extend the you know the rivalry to five and zero in the last five years that's just that's it's not going to be some type of easy cakewalk this is not vanderbilt
2: i i agree with you there and obviously coming off of vanderbilt well i think anything would be a raisin a raisin competition i just think that maybe it's what missouri needed going into a game where maybe they would overlook things you get your confidence up and you get your you know, your just, just you see all how the offense and defense should work with all your ducks in a row before a game where it really you need to show all those things. Um, and I and I wanna talk about, you know, a lot more with this, you know, Arkansas Missouri matchup, but you I, I asked for, you know, more of the Barry and everything and gave it to us and you, you gave your very professional answer at length and I very much appreciate it, but just what what are, what are the feelings for you in now seeing him in red? Is it just like you're you're you know it's like, great, he belongs over there, or him coming back? Just What's going on through your mind? Of, you've shared in the past just how, I don't want to say that you weren't a fan, so what is it like to see him coming back with a ton of success? I mean, at the end of the day, and you have to admit, he's got to be at least a finalist at this point for the Proils Award for one of the top assistants in the country. What he did to that defense is just transformative. So to see him coming back and having success, what do you think?
1: You know, it kind of just confirms what I thought about Coach Odom when he was here. Um, he's a fine defensive coordinator. He cannot be the face of your program. He doesn't have the personality for it, and I don't think he did well enough recruiting-wise to be the face of your program. So to see him have success at Arkansas, I mean, with that being Missouri's rival, yeah, it does hurt a little bit. And, you know, you, you would have hoped to have seen some this type of defensive turnaround happen here in Columbia. But, you know, my... i i don't want to say disdain but my lack of appreciation for what you know coach odom did here really kind of stems from i just he was a guy not the guy and so i i don't want it to sound like i think barry odom can't coach that was never you know that was never what i was saying he was just a guy and i knew that eventually missouri would have to move on and i wanted that to happen You know sooner rather than later when you know how you have coach Odom here you know eight nine years and you're just kind of stuck in this type of rut for the Tigers and so for him to come back I mean it's going to be interesting to see you know you're seeing the best part of Barry Odom now that he's just focusing on the defense that the Missouri Tigers really didn't see you know in his four years here
2: so let me ask you this just from a productive conversation standpoint no matter who took over Gary Pinkle were they doomed from the start yes And so what was the problem then with Odom compared to it would have been somebody else? It was always going to be a guy after Gary Pinkle.
1: I think when when you put it into that context, yes, I, you know, from a Missouri's fan standpoint, and I'm going to remove myself from this because, you know, I went started going to the school in 2016. I really didn't know much about Missouri football before then. So I missed the Pinkle era. And I, most of what I know about that is learning from it, you know, as I go to college there and as I learn and dive in more into this program. But what I will say, when you're replacing a legendary coach, and Gary Binkle is a legendary coach here a, in Columbia, you know, you have to, you're, you're dealing with one having to try to re, uh, to replicate that success. Barron wasn't able to do that. He was a quote unquote true son because he played here at Mizzou. And that did Kind of give him some favor, I think, with fans and with players and kind of building culture, which is great. But it all falls back to the personality. He just, there was nothing about Barry Odom that kind of sucked you in as a fan. And when you're not getting those results and he's not really expressive, he doesn't have much of a personality, it's easy to kind of just kind of disassociate him from the program or disassociate yourself from the program because there's just nothing to really like, you know, over my four years as a student of Missouri i had drew lock that was the person that i gravitated to and obviously you want your quarterback to you know be a person that you like and you you want to see and you want to hear from but when the head coach isn't that, and when the head coach is you know for lack of a better words just boring he stops calling plays for ryan walters and ryan walters seems to be a great defensive coordinator so that's maybe not a, necessarily a bad thing that happened but odom just it, it really just comes down to he's just a guy and
2: that's kind of the topic of my Saturday story for Tiger Extra is just diving into how is Coach Odom remembered here and you have to keep in mind also that he was on staff from 2003 until 2011 in different roles under Coach Pinkle before coming back in 15 as the D coordinator and then taking over in 16 through 19 as the head coach and you know I'm kind of remiss because I'm writing that story to give my actual opinion so I'll say it like this the best the most positive situation that i can think about is out of this is that right now coach odom looks as happy as i've ever seen him coaching at arkansas like he just i don't want to say he wasn't happy here or he didn't enjoy what he was doing here but i think that he just leads a a less stressful life now than he had since he took the job and i think that with what langston mentioned it was going to be doomed from the start the ad that hired him mac rhodes went to baylor less than 18 months after he hired Barry Odom and brought in Jim Sturk. And, you know, I, I'm not sure Barry Odom was ever a Jim Sturk guy. He just they got along and they were acquaintances. I think Sturk very much a la Conzo Martin wanted his own guy. And so the trigger finger was very I think it was a lot quicker than it would have been in a, under Mac Rhodes. And I think that when you look at some of who the other, other candidates were for the job in 2016, I think the biggest one that always comes up is Matt Rule who was the head coach at Temple at the time and then Mack Rhodes did convince to come to Baylor but not to Missouri and now he's the head coach of the Carolina Panthers and so you just see what other guys were other. there and there were a couple other prodigies at the time who have panned out in different ways who were kind of there but Barry Odom was the good faith hire because of all Gary Pinkle did at the time and so I, I did build a good professional relationship with Coach Odom and they didn't make him available this week which is at Arkansas which is per their policy but is still kind of upsetting um, and just to see what his thoughts were and just see how he remembers his time in Missouri because I I know deep down this has got to be a little hard for him this week. And you've got to keep in mind the human element of all of this. It's tough and I understand and we can go more in depth about what Barry Odom did at Missouri and I got a front row seat to the most divisive year of probably his professional life if not his entire life just in everything that went on in 2019. So it's hard for me to Say that one way or another, I'm not indifferent, but it's it's just a a, a tough pill to swallow either way of saying, you know, was very Odom treated fairly versus what he wasn't, and I think that we'll leave it right there for right now. Links and I will come back and talk more about this after the break. We did talk to Tara Talmadge. You've probably seen her actually on SEC Network, or maybe even ESPN, on us as a sideline reporter. In in the meantime, though, she. Was a is a sports reporter for Pig Trail Nation, and Fayetteville covers all things Arkansas for them. And she was uh, happy enough to join us for this week's episode as our special guest. So here's my interview uh, with Tara Talmage. Joining the Mizzou Sports Podcast this time is a sports reporter for Pig Trail Nation, Tara Talmage. How are you doing, Tara?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
2: No problem kind of break down just what your job is I know you've done some stuff for SEC network but mm-hmm. how how, how you you know what your job is covering the hogs
0: Well so I'm a reporter and sports anchor for a local news station in Fayetteville Arkansas and we cover nothing but the razorbacks it's it's always fun actually you know getting to build some relationships with the coaches and the athletes and stuff like that but I also freelance a little bit for SEC network and ESPN so I've worked sideline for. A couple of games over the past three years i guess so that's that's really fun as well
2: when did you start in Fayetteville? i know we worked in odessa texas everybody for the same yeah. time i was at the paper she was at i think the abc and fox affiliates out there
0: yeah <laughs> that's crazy it was so long ago yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a while ago um but yeah. i think you left the year before i did i started in columbia in 18 i think you might have left the year before mm. me or right something like that whatever yeah but, but just
0: no I was like, I've been here for probably almost a little over three years.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. what what has it just been like just seeing Arkansas go from where you were when you came here, which I think right before the hire of Chad Morris to where it is right yeah. now?
0: So I was here for the final season for Brett Bielma. And honestly, you know, I don't think anyone could have ever thought that. That what would happen over the next two years would have happened. It was so crazy because bringing in Chad Morris, we all bought in uh, as, as media people, I'm sure the fans did as well and we we were optimistic and I think now it's gotten to the point where Arkansas fans are kind of like, I always try to say it, it's it's like The Bachelorette or something. you know they've they've had a couple of, of guys come in here and, and tell them one thing <laughs> and it hasn't been what hasn't worked out. They're right. like cautiously optimistic about Sam Pittman but obviously that's worked out a whole lot better than I think anyone could have ever anticipated it's, it's been a pleasant surprise
2: when he was hired I mean it seemed like and was confirmed that Missouri and Arkansas were kind of both biding for the Eli Drinkwood mm-hmm. sweepstakes he chose Missouri yeah when Sam Pittman was kind of hired what was the feeling and how quickly has that changed
0: It seemed very out of the blue when Sam Pittman was hired. A lot of the talk going around was about Drinkwitz and also Lane Kiffin. And then Kiffin, of course, chose Ole Miss. So when Sam Pittman took the job, it all happened very fast. And there was nothing against Sam Pittman in terms of, you know, I think a lot of fans and media people really like Sam Pittman. There were never any issues with him. It was just a matter of, well we just got this guy who was had never really been like a big time sec division one head coach and that one didn't work out but now we're going to hire a guy who's literally never been a head coach how is this going to work out that has obviously changed since then i mean sam Pittman has won over the entire state of arkansas in my opinion
2: very true and i think that one thing that I don't know how Arkansas fans reacted to it, but up here it was like, okay, take Barry I'm Fine, we don't want him. Take him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but how have you seen him come into Fayetteville either add his own spin or just work with what they have? And, I mean, you've heard his name thrown off for the Broyles Award for the best assistant in the country. So how have yeah. you heard it go from, I guess, Missouri's ex-coach to one of the prized people on the Razorback staff?
0: I think one of the best things that Sam Pittman did as a head coach was hire Barry Odom for a number of different reasons but obviously you can see it on the field this season Arkansas didn't add a lot of new pieces in terms of their roster and Barry Odom has completely changed that defense Um, it's it's what's won them most of their games and kept them in a lot of the other ones and I'm not sure if I would say he he spun it around or anything like that, or, or did his own thing. I think he just he had learned what he had to work with and knows how to put those guys into positions where they can make plays happen, because the guys are talented last year and the year before. Um, I mean, you got you got some some of those guys from last year that are playing in the NFL now. It's just a matter of of knowing how to use their skills, and I think Barry Odom has embraced that.
2: Some of the specific things that Odom has done would be what exactly it it seems like, at least to me, like Jalen Catalan is one of the people that Odom didn't uh, or Arkansas defense didn't have last year. But is it more so just Odom knows how to tweak things and he's just experienced that way and Arkansas didn't know what to do with its pieces last year or something else you would attribute it to?
0: I think that's a, a big part of it is is using your guys the right way. Because Jalen Catalan was obviously on the team last year. He redshirted. And really, any time he did get in the game was basically on kickoff situations and special teams. It was just not – they weren't using him in the right way. And so finally getting him out there and giving him a chance is a big deal. But also, you've got guys like Bumper Pool and Grant Morgan, the two linebackers that have – really made an impact for Arkansas this year and they were just as good last year but you talked to them and they mentioned that Barry Odom has basically told them this is what's going to happen this is what you're going to do and they say that sometimes in games they can pretty much figure out where a quarterback is going to throw it whether he's going to hand it off whether he's gonna, like they know what's going to happen before it happens just because Barry Odom has coached them up so well.
2: I got you. What's the temperature in Kevin Fayetteville for how much people are kind of looking at it as this is Barry Odom's former team compared to we're facing someone who grew up 45 miles from Fayetteville and Eli Drinkwitz in Alma, Arkansas. What is kind of the temperature for how these teams are connected from the opposing side?
0: You know, I think that obviously it's a storyline. I know Drinkwitz talked about it as well. It's hard to not think about that when you go into this game. I'm sure that You know, there's probably some guys out there that want to make sure that they win this game for Barry Odom, especially because not just that, but this is one of those games that Arkansas hasn't won it in like four years. Correct. And people are calling it a rivalry but, I mean, not to be rude, but for it to be a rivalry you've got to be really competitive in those games sometimes. And Missouri has pretty much dominated the past several years. So Not only does Arkansas want to win it for Barry Odom and bring a trophy back, but they also just want to get some some respect as well.
2: We've talked a lot about the defensive side of the ball. Kind of give us a preview of the offensive side of the ball. I think a lot of attention in other SEC markets went to Rakeem Boyd uh, mm-hmm. opting out just because he was on Last Chance You And that's how a lot of us were introduced <laughs> to him. And he started last year as one of the few bright spots on that team. But he wasn't starting yeah. this year, I believe, at, at running back. And obviously, you have the Florida transfer in Felipe Franks. Just what is his team like offensively?
0: Well, so we'll start with Rakeem Boyd. Obviously, he opted out of the season just the other day. So that's a huge deal for Arkansas. And I know when I say it's a huge deal, some fans are like, oh, well, he hasn't done that much this year. But Rakeem Boyd is a huge piece to that Arkansas offense, whether he's starting or not. Traylon Smith is is now going to be the featured running back for Arkansas, but he and Rakeem were completely different styles of, of running backs. Um, Traylon Smith is definitely a smaller Faster, he'll juke you out, type of guy. Whereas Raheem Boyd was right up the middle, ground and pound type of, of running back. So it'll be interesting to see if they have another running back with that style to kind of balance out with Traylon Smith. Traylon Smith has done a great job so far this season. Um, Felipe Franks has actually given Arkansas some stability because over the past two years, it's been just kind of a mess at quarterback for Arkansas so having these guys work with him day in day out, knowing that he's your starter has got to be so comforting and a nice change of pace for a lot of those guys. Um, you know, the tight end situation is actually interesting. They're, they're starting to use them a little bit more. You got Blake Kern, number 85 for Arkansas, who's, who's stepping up a little bit. And then the offensive line though, for Arkansas is really a hit or miss situation. Um, they're not nearly as big and as strong as I know Sam Pittman would like them to be, which at points hinders that run game for Arkansas. It's just one of those situations, though, where you know they have their good days and they have their bad days. They haven't looked terrible yet, you know, knock on wood. But but there are definitely moments where you're like, wow, <laughs> they they need to get some bigger guys up there.
2: Yeah, and we're going to mention all the. You know connections between Missouri and Arkansas. I think it's worth stating. Both I'm not sure how much they played this year, but true freshman Ray Curry and Jalen St. John were both longtime Missouri verbal commits, mm-hmm. and basically just followed Brad Davis, who was the former Missouri offensive line coach, to Fayetteville with them yeah. and the new staff. Also, Sam Carter, who's the uh, cornerbacks coach, was a defensive analyst all four years under Odom. And I think there's two former Missouri players, Mike Scherer and Jake Trump, who are were players under Odom in Columbia the last couple years and are now on Arkansas staff. And I actually looked it up. It's kind of interesting five players from arkansas on missouri's roster and five players <laughs> from missouri on arkansas's roster just it feels a little go. bit more of the high school type of connection between these two teams which i think is actually really interesting when you're talking about two major college programs uh i know right. you're, I, I know you're coming up here on maybe either friday night or saturday morning for the game uh, mm-hmm. how do you kind of yep. see it playing out i mean i, I think missouri is favored by a field goal on bed mgm but how do you kind of see everything playing out between these two teams
0: um, I think this is going to be a really a good game. I, I think that Arkansas, healthy now, is actually matches up pretty well statistically and stuff when you look at some of the guys on the roster with with Missouri. Uh, obviously, I mean, watching Missouri last weekend against Vanderbilt really puts a little bit of a pit in your stomach sometimes for arkansas fans i'm sure (laughs) but um i do think that this is going to be a a good game i don't see this as a blowout at all
2: do you have a final score prediction i don't want want to put you on the spot i don't want to put you on the spot it's okay
0: i don't know if i have a final score prediction but um i would say that it's you know it's i'd say this is going to be a close game
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Just from from your perspective, obviously, and I want to ask you this, uh, being that you've covered the entire SEC and you've, you know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously been in Fayetteville, do you consider yeah. Arkansas Missouri a rivalry? I know you said that uh, you said earlier on that you know you need to be competitive and that's true right. but you look at some other rivalries I mean when's the last time Michigan beat Penn State you know true. Uh, things like that I'm, I'm, I'm just curious yeah. if it's not a rivalry what would make it a rivalry or is this year's game kind of the one that feels like okay we, we, we got there this is this is a rivalry instead of just a trophy game
0: I think this one at least for Arkansas fans definitely feels like a rivalry this year more than probably in the past just because of the Barry Odom situation um but also because they're better this year than they have been in really recent years so I think it it definitely feels like a rivalry for at least fans here in the state of Arkansas now I I don't know if it's if I would personally consider it one of the biggest rivalries like truthfully when I look at Arkansas and their games over the past several years I think Ole Miss is probably more of a a rivalry for them than anyone but i do understand you know your the proximity to missouri and like you mentioned you've got players from arkansas that are on the roster at missouri and and likewise so i understand where the rivalry comes from with missouri
2: I was going to mention Texas A&M as maybe the Arkansas replacement, uh, not yeah, the, but just because I know that game in non-pandemic years happened uh, at Jerry World. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, just where can people find you on, online or whatever to, to I guess I usually see read about the opponent's perspective, but I guess this time watch the opponent's perspective and coverage <laughs> of what would you guys going on to pick Nation?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always pretty active on twitter if you want to follow me on twitter uh it's just at tara talmage pretty simple my name not so simple but you know if you find me on there that's where i am i'm where i am
2: gotcha just just one more final question for you i know i know that just just we'll switch it to basketball here, actually a little bit to talk about a little bit of that. I know Jimmy Witt last year was a Columbia native who was on Arkansas, Mm -hmm. but just where, where do things kind of stand for the men's basketball team in Arkansas compared to expectations? I mean, they they had, I think a lot of turnover from last year compared to Missouri who had almost none.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas has basically an entirely new team. There are two scholarship returners for Arkansas that actually played some last year. And uh, there's almost it's, it's the opposite issue that that Arkansas had last year they didn't have enough depth at all really and they were playing the same like eight guys all the time whereas now there's so many guys and so many talented guys that it's going to be interesting to see who actually gets game time um I do think that Arkansas has the talent and the skill to to be really really good this year but it's just always so hard to tell i mean they have only played two games so far um i don't want to jump the gun on it but they are they are looking very good right now
2: all right that was tara talmadge reporter for pig trail nation uh, you can follow follow on twitter i'll just give the plug because i know how to spell your name it is <laughs> t-e-r-a last name t-a-l-m-a-d-g-e did i get that right you did. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, so, th- thank you, Tara, for joining us this weekend, and, and I guess I will see you on Saturday.
0: Sounds good. Thanks so much. Yep.
1: We would like to thank our sponsors for the Missouri Sports Podcast. University of Missouri Healthcare. University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of MU Athletics. Blue Events. Let Blue create your perfect event. Their passion for food, service, and presentation ensures that you will have a seamless and memorable event, no matter the size. They will work with you to bring your vision to life. Phyllis Nichols, State Farm Insurance. There when things go wrong, here to help life go right. And now back to our podcast.
2: And thank you once again to Tara for joining us on this week's podcast. Definitely a blast for the past for me since we started, you know, working together on the Friday Night Lights scene of Odessa like back in I think 2015 it was a long time ago maybe 2016 but back to this week's podcast follow Mizzou Football with Tribune's Tiger Extra newsletter sign up at columbiatribune.com slash Tiger Extra for stories galleries and podcasts in your inbox every Wednesday Saturday and Sunday the Mizzou Sports Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today and Langston, the Columbia location of Zaxby's. It is, is
1: 1411 Cinnamon Hill Lane.
2: Correct. And very good job. If this, if this is Jeopardy, R.I.P. Alex Trebek, the, the actual goat. Um, you would have you would, you won the prize right there. Uh, it's at, at the cross of Stadium Boulevard and North 63 right there to get all of your kickin' chicken sandwiches and there is all of your divine, uh, I can't say divine swine, that's a pig, divine poultry. Anyway, back to uh, this week's uh, podcast. They, they, they played the poultry this week. And now the swine is coming to Columbia and the Razorbacks this week. There we go. That's the connection I was trying to make, I guess. I don't know. Uh, they just pull me out of the weeds here, Langston. Coming back to... Uh, <laughs> the zoo sports podcast and talking about barry odom you know um just overall can a barry odom defense derail roundtree Bay Slack and company
1: not if Connor Bazilak is going to play like like he did last week, and I know it was against Vanderbilt, but a, a really quiet night when you look at it, he didn't have any touchdowns, but going thirty for thirty seven, three hundred and eighteen yards. Coach Drinkwood talked about it afterwards. You know he'll take that sideline any day of the week, you know, or any any Saturday because he was just efficient and kept the ball moving. And Roundtree obviously had one hundred sixty yards and three touchdowns against Vanderbilt. You know it's it'll be interesting to see. Um, if Connor if Connor Bazlack can kind of stay on this kind of slide. But uh, if he plays this way, I think it's going to be hard to kind of slow down this offense.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the key may, might be Larry Roundtree. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, the, a lot of these major pieces from Mizzou were Odom commits and Odom knows them very well. While Roundtree took a step back in the last year under Odom and Bazlack had one career start and I think played in three career games of an Odom-led team. You know, they're different players now, and I think that you have also have to look at just, I think defensively, this might be more of a human chess match than we usually see. At the end of the day, Walters and Odom speak the same language. They were very close for six years, and what has to change or what what defense is able to change things better on the fly I think will be a better indicator of who wins this game. Um, do I think that, you know Arkansas's defense is good enough to completely shut down Connor Bazelak? No. Are they good enough to limit him? Yes. I think that what you saw from South Carolina um, could be a little bit more of the case of what you see here. Uh, kind of a combination of Kentucky and South Carolina. Missouri scored a combined 37 points in those games to their opponents combined 20. And I think you're going to see more of that style. I think a little bit more offense just because there was less time to prepare here and there for both of those games because of schedule changes and coming back from COVID and all of that. I think that you might see a little bit more seasoned offenses, but a very similar defensive approach. Um, Langston, I know we've already put it in the the
1: picks this week. How do you see this one playing out with the final score? I, you know, like I said earlier, I, I really pondered this a lot, but I, I went with uh, Missouri minus three. I think they win – by a touchdown in this game, I went back and forth in my mind, but I just think that as a, a complete team, Missouri gets the win over Barry Odom and, and kind of cements, you know, their separation from him with the win over you know his defense.
2: I'll I'll agree with you there, and and um I had a radio spot with a station in Fayetteville earlier today. Uh, I said there, Missouri 28, Arkansas 20. I will stick with that. I think that's very good score i do think that this arkansas team is incredibly underrated and i do just like i think the missouri team is actually underrated i think that but just development wise missouri came in with a better roster this year no doubt about it and if if they're on the same page development wise and have gone at the same rate uh missouri is still ahead of arkansas it would not shock me in the least to see this be a game that arkansas wins though it, it, it would this defeat would hurt for missouri no doubt if they were to lose this game and see arkansas with barry odom celebrating on their field I think that image itself would, is the motivating factor this week for Missouri. And if you look at what Arkansas, you know, they have every reason to know to want to win this game. This is this is one of the first. Last year, it, it, the game felt important in the Little Rock because it was basically it was going to be the nail in the coffin of Barry Odom getting fired unless something magnificent happened we kind of felt like it was like he needs to blow them out but we then later learned that Jim Strick before kickoff had already made the decision he was going to fire Barry Odom no matter how the game went um but um just just it it felt grand for all the wrong reasons this year it feels grand for even in the middle of a pandemic all of the right reasons and even going back to I think Chase Daniels almost Heisman year I think they played Arkansas in a bowl game in the Cotton Bowl that year when Arkansas had Jeremy McFadden. Uh, Mizzou won that game. I don't. I, I can't remember the last time Arkansas won this rivalry back to back. It hasn't happened in the SEC. Um, so, you know, then they obviously haven't won it since 2015, which Missouri was going through a whole lot of different stuff in that season. So, you know, when Missouri has no legitimate excuse, I think it's been since 2012 that you know Arkansas has really won this game, and not saying discredit that 15 victory, but Missouri also lost to Vanderbilt that year uh, in 2015. I think it was 10 to three. That was an awful game anyway that was that was 2015 was a weird year for missouri where you can mulligan a lot of it but anyway going going back to just now this football matchup kind of our closing thoughts about barry odom and just then we'll move on to other more prominent things uh just langston i'll give you three strikes and you're out one more chance here say your piece for, for for barry odom and well and i and i do want to mention also the other coaches that are playing in this game between brad davis former missouri offensive line coaches now Arkansas's offensive line coach Sam Carter, who is a defensive assistant all four years under Odom in Columbia, now is the cornerbacks coach in uh, Fayetteville and a couple others as well. Just we'll leave it with whatever you have to say here. You you get the final word. Here we go.
1: I love what you said a little bit earlier about, you know, the energy going into this game feels to be, you know, everything seems to be turning the right direction for, From Jim Starks' perspective, he has to like the hire of Coach Jinkiewicz and the way and the direction that this program is going. You know, and last year after that five-game losing streak, it was kind of like a final stand for Coach Odom. And so one of the hallmarks, I think, of the Odom tenure, and it really reared its ugly head in 2019, was losing games that you were supposed to win. The give me games, The a game like last week against Vanderbilt, you're supposed to win 41-0 to zero and take care of business. And that didn't always happen. So if you're Coach Jankiewicz and you're kind of starting to submit yourself, you know, submit your legacy here early in his tenure as head coach, you take care of this game. Um, and you put, you come out and do something creative and, you know, have a, a strong showing offensively to kind of mark the new era of Mizzou football. They take care of these games and the very old uh, era is behind us or behind them. Excuse me.
2: All right. We'll leave it with that. I think that just it'll be a really fun game, matter what Saturday. Um, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how the rest of the college football season goes, no matter how this goes for Missouri. One of the things that I also updated today was our bold tracker, and right now things look ve- – the prospects look really good for Missouri. Ten out of the 12 sites that I found that have a bold projection have Missouri going to Vegas or the state of Florida. Four going to Vegas, three Jacksonville, three Tampa, and that's just – I mean that that's as good a poll prospects as Missouri has had. Since 14, I think, with Gary Pinkle. I mean because – I mean they went to the Texas Bowl in 17, the Liberty Bowl in 18. It would have been the Liberty Bowl in 19 if it went for the NCAA sanctions and they didn't make a bowl in 15 or 16. So it's been – they haven't had this great of choices in a while, Uh, And the other two being one to Houston, one to Nashville. Um, But then you also look at what's left and just Missouri here is – you know can only improve kind of improve their standing at the end of the day sec has so many bowls to fill and at the end of the day regardless of what happens with the vegas bowl because there is some thought that that game might actually be canceled missouri i think has 10 bowl spots at minimum of maybe 11 to fill and missouri at no doubt is one of the i think in the in the middle of the pack if not in the top half of the conference in terms of where you rank the teams right now i mean anywhere from i think five to seven at the absolute lowest is where missouri should be so with games against Arkansas, Mississippi State, and then a home game against Georgia, which is probably going to be next week, coming up, things look very promising. And I think that that's even more reason why this Arkansas game means so much is this would take the wind out of their steals a lot if they were to lose to Arkansas, regardless of Barry and being there. Missouri has a ton of momentum. They won four out of the last five and a game they should win and are favored to win, especially, I think some Missouri fans think the spread is probably a little too low and I can see a legitimate reason for that based on how they played last week but the, the, I think they're just taking the wind out of Missouri's sails here this the, this game has a lot of substance to it and I think it'll be uh, it'll be
1: a lot of fun um anything else to add in, in that vein yeah I mean j- just kind of piggybacking off what you said I mean Missouri's looking at a three game winning streak you know this time last year or a few weeks uh, ago in 2019 they were in the midst of a you know five game losing streak and looking just to salvage the season with a game a win over Arkansas. Now they have a chance to potentially you know string this out to three four games in the in the right direction. So if you're a Missouri fan, it's it's really optimistic heading into this. And if you take care of business against Arkansas, you're looking at a, a winning season here in, in 2020.
2: Yeah, guaranteed. And I, and I think that when you and I've said this in a couple – I think I may have even said this last week, but i said this in a couple of radio spots, is that I look at Missouri's best-case scenario, what I wrote at the beginning of the year, and I put it at 6-4 and four, with losses then to four top eight teams ranked in the country in LSU, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. 6-4 and four, not only now is realistic. I think it's the expectation when you have – Mississippi State and Arkansas are still on the schedule. Six and four is very much in play here for them. Six and four in an all-SEC year with a first-year head coach in the middle of a pandemic. I'd be thrilled as a Tiger fan, absolutely thrilled. We'll leave football with that. We can talk some basketball now. Uh, it's been an interesting uh, couple weeks of basketball. Uh, Missouri and Missouri men and women both won their season openers quite handily over – oral roberts and north alabama uh but since then the mizzou women have had a positive test within the program and are canceled their game last sunday against SLU and have and are not going to return until at least december 13th they canceled games against tsu texas tech and one more that more head state and so they're not going to be able to play again until at least december 13th when they would host missouri state as of then the men uh, did not end up going to the Mohegan Sun tournament where they were going to play Boston College in Oregon. Instead, they're now currently in Omaha. As of today, we're recording this on December 2nd, Wednesday. Tonight, they're playing on FS1 uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central uh, against those same Oregon Ducks who are nationally ranked and have not won the season yet. Um, and then coming up, you still have Wichita State if that game happens on Saturday. Um, sorry, Sunday. Next week is Liberty. And then Bragg Rights the following weekend on December 12th. The interesting thing about this matchup with Oregon, in my opinion, is that Oregon's ranked 5th in the Associated Press. Oregon, sorry, Illinois is ranked 5th in the Associated Press. Oregon's ranked 21st. But on Ken Palm, which is seen as more realistic for the scope of college basketball, Oregon is 20th and Illinois is 22nd. That's a huge drop-off. So what do you, do you you think that matters at all for the Tigers? Where do you see that huge drop-off with Illinois? These are games that are both in play for them or Oregon's
1: better than 21st? I think Oregon's better than twenty-first when it comes to the AP poll, but also this is a huge opportunity for Coach Martin and it, early in the season before that bragging rights game to kind of build a little bit of momentum. I think it's big that Oregon had to cancel or excuse me postpone its season opener last week, and if you've watched any of the championship, champions classic last night. You know, Oregon not having a game before this is going to play a big role. Duke and Michigan State looked incredibly sloppy last night. Same thing with Kentucky and Kansas. So I think in the midst of the pandemic and your regular practice schedule, it's going to take these teams a few games to really kind of work out the kinks and, and, you know, and get to where they normally would be at this time in a, a normal year. So this is a big opportunity for Missouri to kind of jump on an Oregon team that hasn't had that that game experience this year.
2: Yeah, and it's 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 kind of unfortunate how things kind of wrapped up for them because, you know, Missouri has been in contact with a couple teams. You know, they mentioned Texas Tech yesterday. They mentioned, you know, other high programs being in contact. And there's a lot of thought from the Slu fan base that Missouri doesn't want to play Slu. But that we can get into a whole different podcast about why that argument is a little bit convoluted. But and I, and I'm full, all for Missouri playing Slu, but uh, it isn't exactly a fair trade one for one if they were to do that. Um, but you look at just what the opportunity is at stake here for Missouri. This is this is a game where they can kind of put their foot in the ground. Uh, last year, they let those opportunities uh, go against a uh, Xavier, um, against an Oklahoma, against who did they play the day the NCAA sanctions came out. Uh, but they played Oklahoma that day. They played Butler the night before. They let all those games kind of go. Yes, they won on the road at Temple, but that kind of only negated a loss at home to Charleston Southern. So this is a game that basically makes them – their resume looked better. We have no idea what the NCAA tournament's kind of going to look like this year, but the more of these wins Missouri gets at this point in the year, should they beat both Oregon and Illinois, you can kind of see a route here. Even if they go even, maybe even go eight and ten in conference play, that this is a tournament team who, you know, is undeniable. And I think that that's what one of the strengths of that uh, Kansas's first year here is twenty seventeen eighteen. Even though they lost Bragging Rights, they had an impressive non con to the point when they started racking up wins in the SEC and they, I think they were ended up I think only 10 and 8 but once they got to 7-8 wins you're like this is a team who's gonna be there this is a team who is going to make
1: the NSA tournament I think that script for this team is exactly what they need to follow. Exactly. And, you know, when you have an opportunity like this against a ranked opponent, you can't really let those opportunities go to waste, especially in this year. You don't know how many SEC games will end up being postponed or potentially canceled and things like that when it comes to conference play. So to have Oregon, neutral site, number 21 te- ranked team in the nation, just go there, take care of business. Because, I mean, we're we're looking forward to the Bragg and Rice game, but a, a win in, a win over Oregon and potentially Illinois, like you just said, <laughs> I just say Illinois, Illinois. <laughs> I don't care. Um, it puts them in position right off the bat to be a potential tournament team, and and we've talked about this in previous pods about how this team was, I believe, picked to uh, finish tenth in the SEC. Correct. And that just that didn't make sense to either of us. And right. this could be an early season statement to say th- those were completely incorrect. And I think that just based on some early season results, the
2: SEC as a whole has not had a good non-con. Kentucky's has lost two straight. They not only did lose to Kansas, which is two blue bloods going against each other, they lost at home to Richmond, which is a good A-10 team, but you should not lose at home to Richmond. I mean, Mississippi State has only beaten Texas State. They lost to Liberty. The Liberty team that's going to be here also beat South Carolina. So the SEC just has come to an absolute stumble to start this year, and I probably missed a couple, but this is a good way conference-wise to get back on track with a very good Oregon team. Do you have a prediction for tonight? This might be old takes exposed because most people might listen to this on Thursday, but, uh, or do, or do you, want to hold your tongue here, Langston?
1: You know what? I'm going to say Oregon by let's go 11 points tonight.
2: Ooh, okay. I'll go Missouri just to have a different opinion. No matter what, we cover everything. I'll go Missouri. I think that this game feels a lot like that Xavier game last year. I'll go Missouri by four with a win. Big game from Mark Smith tonight. That's my prediction. Um, I could be completely wrong and mark smith doesn't score because i also predicted a big mark smith game for bragging rights last year and he did not score from the field anyway missouri didn't end up winning that game but anyway anything else you want to talk about
1: langston before we head out of here continue to wear a mask socially distance and you know if you traveled over the Thanksgiving holiday I hope that this week you've done your best to either one go get a COVID-19 test or two to quarantine as much as you possibly can um, as the incubation period happens and to see if you develop any symptoms after traveling over the Thanksgiving holiday.
2: Yep for Langston Newsom and Barry Odom I am Eric Blum thanks for listening to this week's Mizzou Sports Podcast (laughs) we'll see you next time thank you so much.